You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. titled New Year, New Me. And there's nothing that spells that out like baptism. You go into the water in your old self, you come out of the water made new through what Jesus does. And we have baptisms, both services today. And I, I really felt impressed, and, and the Lord spoke through a vessel uh, during the week that said, you, you, we need to open up uh, the baptism to anybody that may be here uh, in our services. And so you may not even have been ready for a baptism, but I want to invite you as I go through this message that maybe the Lord is impressing on you to take that big step and get baptized. And so at the end of the service, we're going we're gonna to be baptizing uh, individuals, and so we invite you to do that and let the Lord work it out. Uh, here's what I know about, about Jesus is that he's a spontaneous Savior. He doesn't do things the way that you would do things. He does things the way he does things. Amen? And the Holy Spirit produces that. So, so we'll see what, what happens uh, today in both services. I'm really excited about what, what God's going to do. And you may have come in here today uh, thinking, I have just messed up so bad. I, I am not worthy of, of, of being baptized. Or I'm not worthy uh, to, to walk with God. Pastor James, you don't know what I've done. And I would say to you that uh, God knows everything that we've done, and his grace is bigger than your sin. And the blood that he shed for you is able to wash and cleanse every person of all the sin and the iniquity that, 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 that we all have. And so we've been going through this series, praying through the Psalms, uh, as we go through our 21 days of prayer, because some of the the Psalms are actually prayer Psalms. And you see King David and and the other psalmists that are are, are writing these inspired by the Holy Spirit, and and, and they lead us to pray prayers that actually are, are, are right where we're at in our lives Last week, we talked about the relationship that we can have with God, that it's, it's more than knowing uh, what God says, knowing the word, but it's actually hearing and, and, and having this communion with God. And how many of you can, can testify that having communion with God is a lot better than knowing about God? You can know about God, but you don't know God. And so we found that out, that, that, that God, in, in that Psalm 25, that, that he leads us to pray for loyalty, to be loyal, because he's a loyal God. In other words, he's not going to tell you something and not do it. Amen? His promises are yes and amen. I talked to someone earlier today, and they said, you know, I have been praying for, for my son, and, and God's really moving, and there's a miracle going on today. That's because God is faithful. When God promises something, he accomplishes this, that thing that he said. And so we found that, that we have this wonderful relationship with loyalty and, and we walk into integrity and then we, we have a, a clear conscience. And how many of you can say, you know what, I've really been moving into a clear conscience. I've had a clear conscience before God and before man. 
And when you have that, you can look at people in the eye, right? You can, you can, you can walk in this integrity that God provides. And then you go to God and you find out he's a merciful God. You know, what, what people do is they, des- they, they say things like this. They deserve what's coming to them because look at the life that they've lived. What, what's going on in America, they, they deserve what's going on because look at what they've done. Look how they, they've turned and, and done their own thing. God, do- God doesn't work that way. God is a merciful God. He meets us where we're at. He, he loves us where we're at, and he draws us to his grace. And how many of you know that there's mess-ups in our life and then there's real mess-ups? Right? Let's just think about that. You know, if you, uh, if you spill your drink on the counter in the kitchen, that's a mess-up. It is in my home. Shauna would not be happy if I, if I spilled the drink on the counter in the kitchen. But if I drive away that day, and I'm on my phone, and I run into my neighbor's house, because I'm on my phone. That's a, that's a real mess up. Amen? Today, we're going to talk about real mess ups, and we're going to look at Psalm 51, and in that psalm, it's, it's King David praying to God because he really messed up. And the mess up that King David had was that while his, his warriors, his army went off to war, David stayed behind and he was their, their king, he was their general. And instead of him going with his army and with his warriors, he stayed behind and he made one of the worst decisions he's ever made. It cost him so much. What happened to David is that he, he went outside and, he, and he, as he went outside in, in, in his balcony, he looked and he was looking at, at the city. And as he looked at the city, he saw a woman that was bathing in, in one of the neighboring houses. And the woman's name was Bathsheba and, and King David asked for what her name was and he asked for her to come and he ended up having an affair with Bathsheba while her husband Uriah was out fighting in the battle. Well, Bathsheba, after he had this affair with her, after he had this, 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 uh, uh, this enticement and he gave into it, then he felt horrible about what he, what he had done. Remember what I talked about last week, how we, a clear conscience is golden. Say amen if you believe that. So, so his conscience was, was just clouded with all kinds of guilt and all these things. So he said, I know what I'll do. I'll bring Uriah back and I'll make sure that Uriah sleeps with, with his wife. And so he brought Uriah back from the war, and, and, he, and he said, Uriah, I want you to go with your wife, and I want you to, to, to go and, and, and sleep and be intimate with her. And Uriah said, how in the world am I going to do that when all my, my comrades, all my countrymen are fighting in war? There is no way I'm going to do that. And David said, oh, my goodness. Think about it. His conscience was even worse. And then he said, okay, I know what I'll do. How many of you know that when you begin to, to, to move into sin, that one sin leads to another sin? And it leads you to do other things, right? Because you got to mask up those things. So he said, I know what I'll do. I will have a party, and we'll party like it's 1999. And when we do, I'm going to get him buzzed, and then we're moving from buzzed to, to, to maybe intoxicated. And once he's intoxicated, I know for a fact that he'll go and he'll go sleep with his wife. He'll be intimate with, with Bathsheba. 
So Uriah, he, he got buzzed. He had a little buzz going on. And then the buzz went from buzz to staggering. I know you guys have never done this, but second service might struggle with this. Right? And so he said to Uriah, okay, now it's time. I'm, I primed you. Hey, bro, Uriah, go sleep with your honey. And Uriah said, I should, huh? I'm all right. I should, huh? But I'm not. How dare me drinking with the king while my countrymen and my fellow army men are fighting? How am I going to be doing this and then go sleep with my wife? I'll never do this. So David said, that didn't work. So he began to think, and the enemy, how many of you know that the enemy comes in in our lowest places, and you, start, you try to figure things out on your own? You ever tried to figure things out on your own? And you try to work and manipulate things on your own? And anyone done that? You can raise your hand if you're, you know, man, you guys are so good in this service, nobody. <laughs> and so, he, so, so David says, I got it. So he wrote a note that Uriah was going to be delivering to a commander. And he said, I want you to take this note to the commander. And then that note, it said to the commander, he said, I want you to put Uriah on the front lines where the biggest battle is at. Put him in the biggest battle, and I want for everybody to come back and leave him there. And Uriah died. He died a very sinless man at that time for not violating what David wanted him to do. So David carried that guilt. And, and, and the, the, a man of God named Nathan, he was a prophet, he came to King David. And he said, David, there's a man that stole. This man had everything and he took what little that, that this other very poor man had. Because David was a man after God's own heart and David was a, was a, he was a good man in his heart. But his actions sometimes led him in a different direction. Amen? I'm speaking to someone in here today because some of you are you're, you're good in your heart. I mean, you want to do things that are right. You, you, you want to follow God. But sometimes our actions lead us places that we shouldn't go. Amen? And so, so Nathan comes to David and he says, you know, this guy had, he just had one, one little lamb and this other guy had many. And this guy that had many went and took that one little lamb that this one guy had. And took everything that he had from him. And David said, I will kill that guy. Who is it? I am the king. I will, I will take care of that monster. And Nathan, look, Nathan looked at him straight in the eye and he said, King David, it's you. And King David humbled himself before God. He said, how could I do such a thing? And as he began to seek the Lord, he, 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 he began to pray a prayer, and it's, called, and it's, it's found in Psalm 51. If you, if you look at Psalm 51, it's David's prayer when he really messed up. And I'm preaching a message today that's a prayer when you've really messed up, when you think there, there's no hope for me. You don't know what I've done. 
I might not know what you've done, but God knows what you've done, and you're here because God wants to love you. There's, there's three things that I want us to, to take from, from, from this psalm, and, 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 uh, and, and I want you to kind of own it. If you've been carrying around guilt, if, you've, if you feel like if you're not worthy... And it's crazy because in our elders' prayer at 7 a.m., we were, we were praying just for the, the needs that we have. And, and one of our elders said, you know, I get, these, I get this, this battle going on, and, and there are times that I don't feel worthy, that, that I just, why has God placed me? And this, one of our elders, God has placed him in a very high position in the ministry, and, and he loves people, and he loves doing God's work. But when you go to a different level, a higher level, there's a, there's a different devil. Did you know that? Different level, different devil. And that devil will throw everything he can at you to try to cut you down and do ev- take away everything that God's doing in you. But here, here's what I want you to know. Here, here are the, the three things that I want you to know. Here's the first. That your restoration, when you've done something and you really messed up, your restoration begins with God. See, God's heart is restoration, not condemnation. God's heart is to, is to build you, not tear you down. The, the great thing about Jesus is that there is nothing too big that he cannot restore. Have you ever seen somebody restore an old vehicle? I, I was talking to someone, a brother in Christ, last Sunday, and he restored an a, a old pickup. And he did all this work for a friend of his. And I saw the before and after pictures. I could not believe how amazing that truck looked. It looked better today than it probably ever looked when it was first made. Jesus is even greater than that. No matter how bad your choices have been, no matter how bad your life looks like today, when Jesus gets done restoring you, you will look better. You will have a whole different identity because of what God can do. Your your, your worth, your worth in Christ is abundantly more than what, could, what it could ever be without Christ. I don't care how great the world says you are, your worth in Christ is worth more. Are you with me? And, there, and there's nothing that, that we can do, there's nothing that we've done that is bigger than the blood of Jesus. I'll, I'll never forget, you know, as, as God has worked in, in Pastor James's life, as he's done his work in me, I'll, I remember there are markers in my life, there are markers where I, I saw where the, where the hand of God was with me even before I ever walked with Jesus, but I also see where the devil tried to destroy me even before I walked with Jesus and even after I walked with Jesus. The devil is relentless. And there were times where I, in my own flesh, would make decisions that were so toxic that not only was it toxic for me, but it was toxic for my family and the people that loved me. 
King David prayed this in, 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 in verse 1 of, of uh, Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God. Remember what I talked about, the mercy of God? Look, that's how he starts his prayer. He says, have mercy on me, O God. This is after Nathan had talked to him. This is after God said, I know what you've done, David. And he's speaking to all of us. He, he knows everything we've done. He's, David says, have mercy on me, on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. You need to know this, that God's love never fails. People in this world, their, their love may, may, may come short. They may love you one day, hate you the next day. That's not God. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I, I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. And here's what I want you to know. Some of you have been haunted. Every day of your life, you're haunted because of the things that you've done. Let me tell you that you're not defined by your past. You're defined in Jesus and what he does for you. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. And he begins to say that, he, you know, think about it. Here, David had sinned again against Bathsheba. David had sinned against Uriah. David had sinned against, against the people that he made to, to, to kill, uh, leave Uriah there. So his, his commander, he was in sin. All these people were in sin. When do you abandon your countrymen? And King David said, Lord, I've sinned against you and you alone. And because of this sin that I've done with you, it's affecting every aspect of my life. You need to know, beloved, that your restoration starts with getting right with God. Sometimes you want to fix people. You want to fix your relationships. Your relationships will never be fixed until you fix this one. You will never fix this. Maybe, maybe that's why there's a cross involved. You'll never fix this until this is fixed. And maybe that's why Jesus says, it is finished. You will be proved right in what you say. And your judgment against me is just. And then he does introspect and he says, for I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But, but Lord, even though I was born a sinner, you desire honesty from the womb. Teaching me wisdom even there. And how many of you that honest, how many of you know that honesty is the best policy? How many of you know that if you know the truth, the truth will set you free? We know that Jesus is the truth. There is no deceit in him. There is no, there is no lie in him. He is truth personified. And so we see David that he falls. The first thing that he does is he falls on the mercy of God, which he, which he knew is new every day. You need to know that God's mercy is there for you every single day of your life. It's not like you ever run out of God's mercy. Think of, there's so much here to unpack. He's the one who sits on the mercy seat. Think about the big seats that we know. How about the seat in the Oval Office? That's a pretty big seat. Can I tell you that God's seat is bigger? 
And that seat is a mercy seat. So, so instead of you going to other seats, why don't you go to God? Amen? If, if you want to be restored, you don't have to walk in condemnation and in guilt anymore. You can be restored in the mercy seat. The, the, the Bible says that, that, that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. There, there's mercy to be found there. There, there, is, there is grace to be found there. There, there. His love is unconditional. He says, your love never runs out, Lord. And here's what I know for sure, that David did not, hear me now, he did not deserve the love of God. And, and let me say this to this side of, of, of people that are listening to me. I don't deserve God's love. The boneheaded things that I've done in my life, I don't deserve the love of God, but that's who he is. He's a God who loves. He's a God who cares about everything that we've done. And, and David prays something that, that uh, will never leave my mind, and he says, against you and you alone, O oh God, have I sinned. And so that's the premise, beloved. That's, that's, that's our starting point. It's, it's, it's coming before God and saying, God, I have sinned. It's being honest before God, because when you can learn to be honest with God, you can learn to be honest with people. And I talked about that last week. I talked about how important it is for us to walk in integrity and honesty and for us to be able to look at people in the eye because we're not connivers. We're not, we're not, we're not people that are, that are twisting the truth. We're walking in integrity. And that's who God is, amen? And, and when you do that, then it, it humbles us. We become humble people and we go before God. When you pray to God, you're humbling yourself because when you pray to God, I don't care if you're a CEO, a COO, I don't care if you're a president of a company, I don't care what you do, can, what, you have to humble yourself before God because he is the CEO of the universe. He's the ruler of eternity. And so what you're saying when you pray to God is you're saying, my way is, is not the right way. Lord, I don't know enough to handle this life that I'm in, and I humble myself and I come before you. And he meets us in our time of need. And there's no greater time of need. Let me tell you what happened to David. Is that David got full of himself. And he said, let, let my army go. Let, where, where David used to be this humble vessel that used to go out and fight against the Philistines, and he used to slay giants and all these different things. He said, you know what? I don't got to go anymore. I'm the king. And I've got to believe just reading in the white lines. You know, the white lines are those that we don't see. It's like when you read the story of Joseph, and he, you read about his imprisonment, and you read a paragraph, and, and Joseph was in prison, right? And you read this little part. He was in prison for four years. The same thing with David. You know, it's not like David walked out and he saw this woman bathing. Somehow, I have to believe that David had seen Bathsheba. He was the king of that city. He was the king of that nation. He knew Uriah. 
And so he he'd probably been around her, and, and in his mind he was saying, well, she's a good-looking good woman. And, 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 and so he, he was led emotionally to an, an attachment or whatever it was. And this can happen to us at work. It can happen to us at places that, 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 that the enemy will bring someone into our life, and he can draw us away from, from our covenant relationship to our, from our marriage, and then it destroys our life. Amen. And, and so you see that, that David was, was, was at this place in his life that he, he had violated his, his conscience. He had violated his loyalty to God. But he knew. He teaches us that it's your, your res restoration is available because of God. Amen? That you can be Restored, and let me say this, that when God restores you, he restores everything around you. When God restores an unfaithful vessel, he restores a marriage. He restores children. He restores lives. The great Bible teacher, uh, Timothy Keller, who, who's gone to be with the Lord very recently, he said this, the gospel is this, and the gospel means good news, okay? The gospel is this, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. In other words, you are, you are more despicable than what you think you are. Amen? But God loves you despite yourself. More than you ever hoped. And he, he cares about every aspect of your life. He, he wants to restore you. And when you are restored, here's the second thing I want you to take away. That your joy is rooted in God's forgiveness. I'm, I'm going to say this because I, I believe it to be true because it's very biblical. When you're, when you're living in sin, it will make you a very bitter and untrusting person. Joy comes through the forgiveness of the cross. David, in verse, uh, in verse 7, he says, Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, oh Lord, give me back my joy again. In other words, he, he, he knew the joy of God. The devil came in, and he stole the joy of God. This is speaking to someone in here today. It's speaking to someone that's watching uh, uh, online that, that the enemy comes, and he wants to steal your joy. Give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now, now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a, a, a loyal spirit within me. Create in me a, a clean heart, O oh God. See, David understood that our hearts are more despicable than any other thing. 
Our hearts will lead us to do things that are very ungodly. He says, but Lord, you're the creator. You are the sustainer. You're the one that can do what no one can do. Create in me a different heart. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. And Lord, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Because here's what I know for sure. That when you come to God and you put your faith in Jesus, that the Holy Spirit comes and he dwells in your life and in your heart. And you're a different person when the Holy Spirit is in you than you are without the Holy Spirit. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Notice the, the restoration, all the talk about making something new. Then I will teach your ways to rebels. Why do I teach the gospel? Because I was a rebel at one time. I was broken at one time and now when I speak to you, I speak from experience. I speak to you from the reality that God is able to turn broken things into beautiful things. Forgive me for shedding blood, O oh God. See, you've, you've probably read this before. What does he mean by that? He had Uriah killed. O oh God who saves, then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness Unseal my lips, O oh Lord, that my mouth may praise you. See, here, here, here's what I, what I know for sure is that, that when you are in a life of brokenness, sorry, online campus, but I'm going to come down here. When you're in a life of brokenness, when you're in a life where, where sin has entangled you, you will not have joy. You will not be able to, 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 to walk in this, this joy of your salvation. You, you cannot walk in that newness that God has done. But God has the power to create a new heart. God, ha God has the power to renew a, a new spirit within us. God has the power by the Holy Spirit to, to change your life from the inside out. And, and, and if you think with me, what, what God's people have that other people don't have is not only do you have the Holy Spirit, but you have the peace of God and the joy of God. What, what separates the Janics as, as they're going and taking their team with the strands into, into, uh, into Tucson, what, 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 what's different about them where they go to these places where the down and out are, where they're going through extreme situations, is that they're taking the joy of Jesus and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. That's what you're taking. More than a cheeseburger that you're going to grill on the, on, the, on, on the grill. And every person, now hear me now. Every person that's ever been down and out, they're broken. And I would, I would, I would say that it's uh, safe to bet that they're broken because of some sin that has done to them or some sin that has been done through them. And what do I mean about sin that's been done to us? Sometimes it's a violation. Sometimes it's a rape. Sometimes it's people abandoning us, parents. And they abandon us because maybe they went off with, with, with another, another woman or they went off with another man and all the trust and all the loyalty that was built in your, in your life has been banished 
And so David said, Lord, you, you're going to have to create something new in me. You're going to have to restore my soul and my life. And I know that you can. And let me say this to some of you in here. Some of you that say, I'm too far gone. Let me say this. You're never too far gone with Jesus. He can do what no one can do. He can save where no one can save. And some of you, uh, God is using someone even outside of your life. And he, he's using someone so that they can come and be a part of the restoration. And you're turning the page today. Today you're, you're, you're turning the page. It's like God says, your narrative is about to change. But you've got to allow him to be the writer of your book. Are you with me? King David said, Lord, you write my story. Because when I try to write it, I mess it up. When I make it my own narrative, I, I, I just, I, I really mess it up. And so he came to this place where he was broken. And here's, here's the last thing that I want to share with you. A, a, a contrite heart is what you need, and it's what God desires. A contrite heart is a, is a broken heart. It's when, you're, it's when you're broken, you come to the place of your, you come to the end of yourself, and you say, I need God Almighty. Look what he says. This is the Holy Spirit leading him to write. You do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one to you. You do not want a burnt offering. Let's just, let's just unpack that. He's saying, Lord, I could, I could sing to you. I could come to church and I could act like if I'm a church attender. I could do all these things. But, Lord, that's not what you want. You don't, you don't, you don't want that. He, he goes on. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O oh God. Look with favor on Zion and help her. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Now he's talking about the whole, the whole city. He's saying, we're all messed up, Lord. We need you. Then you will be pleased with sacrifices offered in the right spirit, the, the burnt, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. And, and here's what I want you to know is that God doesn't want for you to try to appease him. There's nothing that you can give him or do for him. He's done it all. We come to him broken, saying, Lord, I need your restoration. There's a, there's a Japanese art, maybe you've heard of it, it's called uh, Kintsugi, K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I. And this art is done by the artist being a creator of this art, and they break vessels, whether it's a, a jar, a vase, a plate, and, and they, they, they break these vessels, and then they put them back together, and they bind them together with epoxy that's made of pure gold. And, and, and this, 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 uh, this, uh, these vessels, this, this artwork, Kintsugi is very expensive. And, and, and what you find is the vessel is worth more after it's been bestow broken and, and restored than it ever was before it was broken. 
Hear me now. I'm worth more because of what Jesus has done for me. I am a, I'm a, a healed vessel of the Almighty God. And some of us in here, we've been broken. We've gone through all kinds of things. But let me tell you that the, that the potter in heaven who's molding the clay is putting you back together and you will be worth more than you ever were ever worth without him. Jesus finds you in brokenness and will make you better than before. The, the, the first message that was ever preached, this is the first recorded message. Pete, the Apostle Peter broke it. This is after he was, uh, uh, the, the Apostle Peter preached it. This is after he was broken because he denied Jesus three times. Jesus came back to him and he restored him. He put the epoxy back. The blood of Jesus forgave him of all the things that he had done. And Peter preached a sermon at the day of Pentecost and everyone was, was just stirred in their hearts. Just like right now, I have to believe that everyone in here, you're being stirred in the heart. It has nothing to do with me and everything to do with Jesus. And so the people that were hearing, they said this, that Peter's words, they pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise of is to you and to your children and to those far away, all of you have been called, all of you who have been called by the Lord our God. And let me tell you something, there are people in this service that God is calling you because he wants to restore you. And he wants to fix the brokenness with the epoxy of the blood of Jesus. And you can only get better when he does his masterful work in you. We're going to get ready for baptisms right now, but as, I, as we do that, go ahead and get the baptisms ready. But I'm going to, I want to make a call for anyone today. Let's all, let's all um, let, me, let me hear the Lord. Just stay seated. Maybe you're here today and maybe you need a bold step because God's calling you into a new life. God, God, God is calling you from the brokenness. He's calling you from being defined from your past choices. And today's the day. It's a defining day. It's a, it's a, it's a marker in your life where you say yes to Jesus. And I'm going to invite you, that person, that those people in here today that you're saying, you know what, I'm leaving my, my, my old decisions behind and today I'm pivoting. Repenting is just pivoting. People that, that, re, that pivot are, are, are masterful because when things happen to us, we know how to pivot. We don't, stay, we don't stay idle. We pivot and we move toward God. 
See, repent, repenting is just that. We're, we're, we're turning away from our old self and we're turning to the one that knows it all. His name is Jesus. And so I invite anyone today that, that you want to leave the old life behind and you want to commit yourself fully to Jesus to come up at this time. Just come up right here with me. And let God begin to change your life. Let God begin to restore your life. This is not an emotional thing. This is a, a hard choice that we make and say, God, I'm yours. This is Nathan, uh, the, the prophecy of Nathan speaking into the lives of people and saying, Lord, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk. I'm going to make the, the choice to follow you, to do things your way. So if there's anyone here and you want to get your life right with Jesus, I invite you to do so today. Don't pass up this moment, Father God. Do me a favor, everybody stand up. Thank you, Lord. I will not manipulate or pressure anybody. If there's someone that's with you and maybe you feel, you know, they don't want to come up by themselves, you bring them, you go, you come with them because today is a very special moment. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for what you do. Lord, those that you're calling right now, Lord, just draw them. Take the barriers out. Move the obstacles. Move the doubt, move the fear. I won't take much more time. I just really feel that there's someone here today that God is calling you to a new life. And it's a bold step that you're going to take today to say, I'm leaving the old life behind. Thank you, Jesus. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.